It was World War. A young, injured, decorated soldier was sitting in a cafe in France, recuperating. Just then, he heard a commotion outside. He saw people rushing in the direction of the uproar. He stood up painfully to look up at the source of the din. After parting through the mob, he saw an old man at center with a rifle in his hand. The old man was shooting at some elephants in a cage with a few other animals waiting for their turn, along with a lion. The soldier was inflamed. He knocked the rifle from the hands of the old man and grabbed him. And then he saw his face, which was covered with tears. He was imploring him to let him kill his animals. The war has destroyed the circus, not just the structure, but the audience as well. The food meant for animals was taken away to feed the war. He could no longer feed his animals and he could not see them starve to death. So he wanted to shoot them and shoot he did. All of them except the lion. The young soldier would not let him. He took the lion with him and got him to England after reminding his superiors about lion being the symbol of England and the importance of it in the middle of a war. That is from where Butterfly Lion was born. Welcome to the Book Beholi podcast. And this is the book that we are going to discuss today. Hello, Maneet. It's nice to have you over. Hello, guys. I'm Maneet. I study in Shikshantar grade 5. I am 10 years old and have great concern for the environment around us. I love all sorts of plants and animals especially insects such as ants and beetles. I love science fiction books mostly because they have a tinge of science and they also have a tinge of fiction. Mixing them is one of the best combos I know in the world. Thus, I have lots of books to read. I loved reading The Butterfly Lion by Michael Morpurgo. It is an awesome book which has many different characters and many different tinges of happiness, worry and sadness. It is also very gripping and it uh, gets to your heart the moment you finish it. Why don't you give him a name? His mother asked one day. Because he doesn't need one, replied Bertie. He's a lion, not a person. Lions don't need names. Oh, I love the bond between Bertie and the lion with no name. Did you, Mani? No, I do not particularly think that the relationship between Bertie and the white lion was fair because the lion had no name. And he was unique among all the other lions as he was white. And I do not think it gave enough character to the white lion who becomes so important in the later parts of the story. After all, character development is one of the key parts of the story as it makes it interesting. And it also changes your scope from one angle to another on the story. It changes your perception. So yeah, I do not think that the nameless relationship between Bertie and the nameless lion was fair to the lion. Well, Mani, that is a very, very fair point. I had not seen this coming. 
but was Millie real? I still have not been able to figure out. What would you say? I am still very confused. Was Millie real or not? She had a very complicated character, thus making it hard to explain. For all I can say, she was cheerful but had tinges of darkness within her. When she first met Michael, she said that he was trespassing on her property. When her dad died, she said that she could not really grieve a person she didn't really know. So I came up with the conclusion that she had a dark background, but her main character trait was she was cheerful. I can imagine what she must have felt after going through these hard times. Her dad's death, Nanny Mason's death, Bertie's death, and the lion's death. So, I think that that it is pretty hard to conclude what character trait I should place her in talking about the whole story. Her character traits fluctuated. And this is just my starting point of view on the character trait. It fluctuated. Sometimes she was sad, sometimes she was worried, sometimes she was nervous, sometimes excited and happy. Sometimes I don't even know what character trait to place her in. She has a very complex character like I told you. And thus because of that, it makes it hard to even know whether she was real or not. Or was she just Michael's dream all along? So, I am confused. Is she real or not? Such as you are. Okay, so I think on Millie, we are more or less on the same page. Michael did not seem very fond of his boarding school. His description being it was a diet of Latin and stew and rugby and detentions and cross-country runs and chill lanes and marks and squeaky beds and semolina puddings. And then there was Basha Beaumont who terrorized and tormented me. I guess this would have not got you all excited about going to boarding school anytime soon. What do you say? Yes, Michael's portrait of a boarding school discouraged me greatly of going there. First things first, you do not have any parents to bank upon to complain about all the terrible things happening there and just for a comfort in life when you just want a break. And secondly, all the terrible things there also discourage me a lot. I mean the thought of eating semolina pudding every day does not make me look forward to going to boarding school as far as Michael portrayed it. I do not know if this is the real practice because I've never went to boarding school before but I have had a brief experience of being without my parents for a full week and three days. But that is not the same as long term stays without parents. They just have a room in your heart which your friends can never even think of filling. This is why I am not looking forward to going to any boarding school like Michael's. Well, this book talked about circus animals. Is it fair on them? Or is it fair on some of them? I don't really know. 
And I would love to know from you, especially because you are so concerned about animals. No, straightforward answer. I don't think it's right for animals to be tied, whipped up and do humans bidding. They also want to be free, like humans, too. Plain and simple. Take zoos as well. Locking them up in cages, it's like putting a human into a canary cage and whipping it and throwing stones at it until it gets up to dance. That's what we're treating animals like. We're treating them as puppets. Like they do not mean anything to us. They are just meant for our entertainment. Humans always have had an impact on the planet from the straightforward start. Humans came onto the scene. They invented fire. How much destruction did it cause? They killed so many animals. They had big brains, but they also had a big appetite. Using their newfound tools, not right, that was not right. Using their new made tools, they killed animals and using their big brains they made up good strategies because they were hunter-gatherers and also the thing is they put a big impact on the environment because that is not how nature works at least usually the other tool using animals that we know in our human knowledge which are elephants and corvids crows and ravens they use their tools not for an offensive purpose they they use it just to survive at this point human tools have basically turned to make them comfortable not to help them live humans have a very high standard of living unlike the other animals not the hunter gatherers that we used to be facing the facing the wilderness we are safe at our homes this you have to acknowledge I know every circus person will just not agree with my answer because they think that's awesome to see animals do tricks and all that. But seriously, think about it once. This might change your thought perception of animals a bit. But yeah, I'm just telling the truth. Circuses, zoos and other types of animal entertainment like dolphin parks. Those are just plain wrong. This is my view on this. Do you really want to do that? I don't know. But I wouldn't think of doing that. And that's how it was when I saw the butterfly line. I happened to be in just the right place at just the right time. I didn't dream him. I didn't dream any of it. I saw him blue and shimmering in the sun one afternoon in June when I was young. A long time ago, but I don't forget. I mustn't forget. I promised them I wouldn't. Butterfly Lion was totally magical for me, wasn't it? I think that the Butterfly Lion is an extremely magical scene. Just imagine, what if you see a perfect lion carved by hand? They'd just be covered by Adonis blue butterflies. How would that feel? Don't you think butterflies are magical? Lions are majestic? What if you combine them? What magic will it uncover? 
This is just a wonder of nature like no other. Millie and Bertie did a good job on that, is all I can say. It was amazing. It was grasping. It took you to the heart. And it made you see what Michael saw, made you think what Michael thought. It just brought people to their knees to just think about the wonder of nature for once. How does it come? How does it go? And how does it feel if you find yourself in it? It is just one beautiful piece like no other. So, Manit, what do you think about your reading choices and about Book Vibuli guiding your reading choices? Is it good? Is it great? Is it a must-need? Well, I think it's all of those and more. It is especially needed for kids who still do not know the wonder of reading. And it is also a must-needed for avid readers to guide them to the correct books, to have a correct interest. In whatever they want, they have the correct book for that. Book Babuli is just wonderful. Thank you, Manit. Thank you for being with us today. And thank you so much for introducing Butterfly Lion to the rest of our reading crew. Thank you for taking me on this roller coaster ride along the book track with your guidance of a roller coaster. This was a terribly wonderful journey which I loved. Thank you for suggesting me this book as well. It was great and I needed it, certainly. I like reading Michael Morpurgo books and this was one of my top favorite books I have ever read. It is a very gripping story, not that hilarious, but then again, there is not always a need for hilarious things in a good story. Well, anyways, I thank you again for taking me along on this ride. Bye guys! The Butterfly Lion is a children's novel by Michael Morpurgo. It was first published in Great Britain in 1996 and won the 1996 Marty's Book Prize. Only Michael Morpurgo can weave a tale with a true story, a fantasy, some magic past with present and he himself and keep the reader enchanted, mesmerized, fast-paced, short-length, educated. It is a book adults will love to give to their young ones and they should. This is fine reading and we shall see you again next weekend. Until then, happy reading.